Welcome back, Flannel Nation, to the second half of our discussion of race and racism with D. Black Rabbit, Chuck, and me, Matthew. We're glad you've joined us for the conclusion of this important conversation. Without further ado, let's jump right in. What else were... Oh, speaking of, you know, <laughs> sticking on the social justice or justice in general, were, were we going to talk a little bit about redistricting here? Matt, I think you had brought up a story. Yeah, well, sure. I'd be happy or? to talk about this briefly. So there's a case from Wisconsin that is going before the Supreme Court that has to do with congressional gerrymandering. Gerrymandering is uh, where they draw district lines for congressional elections or local elections in order to, they basically can, they can, it's called cracking and packing, right? So they separate neighborhoods that would all vote the same so that Mm -hmm. they get diluted into the general electorate and they pack supporters into districts. Mm -hmm. Now, the Supreme Court has never really touched this issue. They've been begging off on what's called the political question doctrine, where if something is arguably like this is something for the legislature and the voters to handle, the court shouldn't get involved in this. They'll just defer that the Supreme Court won't give they won't grant certiorari for that, which is just to say that the Supreme Court's going to hear this question. This is the first time that we've had a big gerrymandering case go up in front of the Supreme Court, and it comes down to the congressional districting in Wisconsin ended up with Republicans in the, I think the 2014 election, ended up with about 48% of the vote, but they ended up with 66% of the state legislature. Now, in any election, you're going to have some votes that are wasted where Mm -hmm. somebody is in a district that leans super red or super blue, and they're going to vote, and the vote's not going to count for anything. And people who have researched this have said that that swing might be someplace up to like 8%, like 8% of any election the votes are going to be wasted because you're voting in a place where it doesn't matter. If it goes beyond that, then maybe you're looking at, you know, unconstitutional gerrymandering in the Wisconsin election. It turns out that the vote waste was 13%, which, yeah, which basically said that, I mean, Wisconsin's a hard place to district because it's mostly rural, but then you've also got Madison and you've got Milwaukee. And the cities vote blue. The other counties tend to vote red. But you, there is a way to draw other districts where you would actually have like a fair, competitive representation of what people believe in that place. And it turns out that the whatever committee it was on the Wisconsin um, redistricting team rejected a bunch of plans that looked like that. Mm. Okay. So the reason that this relates to what we've been talking about is gerrymandering of the kind that's going up in front of SCOTUS right now is often used to break up, I don't know, like black neighborhoods in St. Louis for city Mm -hmm. council. You know, um, it, as you move South and East in the country, what you end up with is much more obvious 
like racist gerrymandering. And so mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal that the Supreme Court's going to be bringing up this issue, uh, finally, you know, reviewing can the court finally say no, this was an anti-democratic move that you did. Just the fact that they granted cert to this that they're even going to be hearing the case at all is a huge step forward on that. All right, what I'm going to say is it's going to sound really nihilistic at the beginning yeah. and super optimistic at the okay. end, which is that black people make up about, ironically, 13% of the vote, like of the population of the United States. Right. Not ironically, that's that's but, poetic. <laughs> yeah. Right. But uh, effectively, because we, like, we make up a small amount, we'll never have the black party. It would be great, like, cop, like, the national conventions would be the best. Sure. We'd probably have mm-hmm. step teams and drum lines. I don't, I don't know. It'd be like going to uh, UT's. Oh, I would much rather best. go to the Black Party convention than any of the other party conventions. <laughs> right. But the reason it is so, like, one of the biggest reasons that this is so, fu- wait, like, uh, all the voter suppressing happens is that because of all the fighting black people have done to get votes black people have a giant infrastructure of voting mobility right the sunday get out to vote like the church drives and all those kind of things i mean yeah so yeah like uh in north carolina when they uh like they got rid of sunday voting it's because the way it works is that black churches will have a segment of hey we got like we've got time let's get all these people registered Mm-hmm. And then the next Sunday, everyone would get up, get into the little bus vans, I mean, the church vans, yep. and drive and vote. Yep. Yep. So there's a large infrastructure of getting out the vote, getting people ready to vote, because, uh, I mean, ugh, I don't know, this is bad. They're going to take my card for this. got to remember <laughs> his name up, like really quickly. Mm-hmm. Ba- like, uh, James Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. Baldwin. James Baldwin <laughs> had that quote of, like basically to paraphrase of uh, black people being more dangerous like white people should be they should be afraid of black people because while they wh- white people don't know that much about black people black people know everything about white people <laughs> uh, yeah, you, that's like, true. if you want to survive you have to be able to code switch really easy like really hard yeah yep you have to sound super white on the phone yep yep You've probably more than likely had to talk by your parents about how to interact with white elders and white police officers, those kind of things, 100%. Uh, to do a callback, Juneteenth. Juneteenth yeah. is more popular with black people than Kwanzaa, even though everybody knows about Kwanzaa. Right, right, yeah. Like, I've, I've almost never seen a Kwanzaa party, but there's a house near me that that's the, only, that's the reason I know when Juneteenth is, because... <laughs> I will go down to go to Walmart, like Walgreens or something to get something. And uh, they have a huge celebration. They got signs and everything. Like they get <laughs> clowns, inflatable balloons, ponies. Like they go Bouncy all castles. Bouncy castles. Man. <laughs> but like uh, the, even more from that is history. Like, like you learn not, almost nothing but white people history in like the history class and maybe a month of black history, but black people just keep learning. Like wait, are kind of, we have the infrastructure to keep learning about black history. Mm-hmm. So it's not that George Washington Carver invented peanut butter. 
<laughs> is that George Washington Carver, like George Washington Carver didn't invent peanut butter or crop rotation, but George Washington Carver understood two things, that crop rotation is very needed, mm-hmm. but the inherent problem is that there's no, there was no viable crop to rotate that would make money. And he found out that peanuts are super good at, for crop rotation. They bring in a lot of nutrients sure. stuff. Yep. So all those inventions of peanut butter, like peanuts, was to go, all right, I need to be able to make peanuts actually worth money. <laughs> Into products that people peanuts. are going to buy. Yeah. Right. So that's why you get the inks, the things about peanut butter, the, I think he made some salves. Right. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically, this, with like, George Washington's Carver's importance isn't that he invented crop rotation or any of the simplified versions, is that George Washington Carver, he his goal was based on this larger idea of mm-hmm. this is the problem, this could possibly be the solution, how do I get them to work together? Yep. And then you get into things like uh, Harriet Tubman, you get into yep. things like Harriet Tubman, mm-hmm. and the fact that Harriet Tubman, uh, Harriet Tubman was a badass. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've heard a lot of good things about her. Yeah, know? no, uh, uh, people are appreciating <laughs> her work more and more these days. Right. I, I know she's going to do a lot of good things in the future here. <laughs> Sorry, that's a bad Trump uh, impression. i got to work <laughs> on it. The audience can't see my hand gestures. <laughs> believe me, Harriet Tubman, believe me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you know, the the when you were talking about like them closing down um voting on sundays i mean what was the excuse for that because you would think that any american would want more accessibility for americans to exercise their constitutional right yeah no who gives a fuck about what their excuse was because we know it's bullshit i mean we've laid down the groundwork on this entire show we can say just flat out that's bullshit it's racist it's obviously racist they know that black people go to vote on Sundays after they go to church and they don't want black people voting. I mean, let's just the come problem, out and In say the it. court case for North Carolina, the court system said, you guys literally did this with surgical precision. Right, right. right. To suppress black votes. I mean, like, I, I don't even do anything with surgical precision. I don't even right. make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches with surgical precision. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. You know. right, well, you're making peanut butter and jelly wrong, but uh, I, I yeah, can't yeah. I mean, as long as you're making it to find a way to maximize crop rotation, you know, you're, <laughs> you're at least on the right track. But, you know, oh I God. mean, to me, but, but t- I, we know that, yes, the... The end result is that this was something that comes out of racism, so we shouldn't care what the excuse is. But we can't. It's not enough to just say that's fucking racist. I mean, yeah. th- that's how they're like, man. There you go, bringing it up every single time. It's like, no, I need to hear what your rationale was, and I need to find a way to tell you that that was stupid without using race. Because I mean, like bringing it back to Philando, somebody on Reddit was like, well, man. What are you trying to tell me that, you know, even the black guys on the jury were racist too? Like all, all 12, there were 12 racist people. Nuclear like, tip. I didn't. Amazing. I, I said, first of all, I didn't mention that any of them are racist or whatnot. Second of all, it's racist to assume that a black person couldn't be racist, even to other black people, you know. And then I had to get into the idea that you're giving cops license to be scared 
And then for that matter, why not just have little secretaries be cops? Because then, hey, you know, I mean, there's a reason they're not cops. But yeah, so it's like you have to get to the reason. I think that it's important to be able to parse out. I mean, there's more bullshit to it than just the fact that it's racist. Or maybe there's a better way that you can say it where you don't even use the R word. I don't know. I'm not sure how to deal with it, but I feel like something has to be done. Or something has to be said. I don't know. I'm just going to throw in for a second. I can't believe that either of you two gentlemen ever spends any time on Reddit. Uh, because I'm <laughs> right. as white as you can get. And I'm offended by the racism that I see on Reddit all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's two things. A, I spend a lot of time in Black Bellas. Because that's just... <laughs> it's, like a, it's like finding the one other person who speaks English. And, like, you're in, I don't know... Taiwan, a Senegal. Right. Yeah. Do you find yeah. that one other person who speaks English? It's like they're a Trump supporter. I don't now. care. I can have yep. a conversation with you. <laughs> yep. And two, I go to subreddit drama because I'm petty and <laughs> I'm, I'm just a petty person. I just I need this in my life sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> the subreddit drums, you know. I try to go to some sports subreddits or some areas where race isn't as I mean van dwellers that's a subreddit for people that like living in vans i've never seen any racism on there (laughs) so i'm like yeah you you quick uh quick hot take before we take a little break here um sports communities might be one of the least racist places because sports themselves tend to be such a like an enforced melting pot that really is kind of meritocratic go uh you first i'm gonna have to say no yeah, no, I'm because, I'm not necessarily advocating for this position. I'm I'm just curious on the opinions. You can you can flat out say no because I'm pretty sure if you went to any sports bar when Kaepernick first kneeled, mm-hmm. that turned into the OJ like O like moments <laughs> right after the OJ trial real quick. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I will say that yeah, it's. And, you know, as someone that lives in Nebraska, you can't help but go to a Nebraska football game. And, you know, both teams, like when they play Miami, you know, I went to that game up here. Both teams are probably 85, 90% black, but the fans in the audience are calling the Miami fans thugs and talking about them being criminals or whatever. I mean, it's like, they're not our guys. Our guys are the good ones, you know, sort of thing. Right. But so we can I get, get this the... even deeper because every World Cup. Oh yeah. This gets so bad that this is the exact moment you know that the idea of European culture makes no sense because the second the World Cup goes down and it's England and Germany or like France and Italy or France and Germany or any European versus any other European, it gets lit real quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you brought up my favorite sport because, you know, there's racism going on right now in soccer. I mean, uh, the FIFA World Cup is next summer, and the summer before the World Cup, the host nation always hosts what's called the Confederations Cup, which has the team that was declared, you know, the winning team of South America, North America, Europe, Asia, Africa. And then, like, the previous host, et cetera. But for the opening ceremonies, Russians were coming in, and including wearing blackface. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, that was one thing. 
you know, in the European tournament, I think one or two years ago, a swastika was burned onto the field with fertilizer. Nice. Uh, you know, uh, there's definitely been some great issues in terms of racism and in the host country in Russia, um, players, well, all over Europe, but especially in places like Russia, Spain, um, players from Brazil or from Africa are usually met with monkey chants when they touch the ball. I think Hulk from Brazil, he's the best example. They go crazy racially abusing that dude when he's playing. So, Man. you know, every time he gets the ball, it's like, <laughs> you know, the whole time. Jesus. So, uh, but I mean, soccer though, that's, that's realistic to me. I mean, it's not realistic to me that like, you know, all these football players, all these people are playing a sport, they're out there for each other. And then they, you know, they separate race out in that regard. But then when they get off the field, sometimes they forget about it. Like Richie incognito. I mean, people's defense of that dude was indefensible almost. But, you know, I think that the way that it's hidden more is baking it into the economic issue with sports. So, like right now, the NCAA is the best example in terms of what you allow athletes to be able to do mm-hmm. and, you know, the amount of money that the athlete is actually making for the institution versus what they're allowed to do. So the big thing that they're looking at right now is um, University of Central Florida – has a kicker who's a person of color and you're supposed to be an amateur athlete, but he's making money right now off of YouTube videos. He has a channel and subscribers huh. and he it it's a monetized thing, but the NCAA is like, you've got to shut that down. You can't you can't be making money. Well that like you way. literally can't make any money as a student right. athlete. Like right. what because if you work your at, scholarship like, or something? That's insane. You're no, you're not. A, you can't do that. I mean, you're basically a slave. I'm, exactly. That's how it works. Jesus. Right. Well, football players up here in Nebraska have reached out to one of the senators, Ernie Chambers, several times throughout the last several decades, you know, trying to address these issues. And it resulted in Ernie Chambers introducing legislation to have them considered state employees, which got shot down and laughed out of the out of the unicameral. But. Yeah, essentially in the NCAA system, you are a slave and people are saying, well, you get a college degree and that's worth a lot of money. It's like, no, no, it's not. It, it, the, the kind of people that say that are the kind of people that either never went to college or went to college in a pre-9-11 society, you know, so it's just crazy. But I, I will say that there is less overt racism when it comes to sports subreddits. But if you dig a little deeper into some of the economic things, you can see the institutional racist correlation. Well, and, so. and that goes back to what we've been talking about this whole time, that there's really not a distinction between this sort of, like, latent, this underlying, uh, like, background, like, cosmic microwave background radiation in our society and the more explicit racist things that our society has done like you really can't draw a line they're they're part and parcel they they go together mm. so i guess uh as we go into a break here um yeah people <laughs> your sports are racist also you know think on that everything. while we do a break here everything is everything is racist all your everything. all your friends all your fans you know that dog that you love so much you know that one that might have passed away that dog was fucking racist mm-hmm. no, i'm just kidding um we all see in the movie white dog 
Yep, yep. You know, uh, I think that when we come back, we definitely, in keeping with this theme, we should definitely talk about that, um, the apartment burning. Yeah. I know we kind of teased it a little bit earlier here, but I definitely want to draw some connections and see what you two think about those. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, get and a little actually, discourse. I think for our little bump here, what we're going to do is just play this video from an amazing woman who got asked a very stupid question um, and yeah, went off yeah. on the reporter uh, about yeah. about the apartment burning. So, yeah, let's roll that. We'll come back in a minute. They're entitled to a voice. We, we pay government to rock RBKC and we're entitled to an opinion. How's and they're it? making an... You already talked to me. Don't even jar my soul today. How's it come to this, though? No, you, come to what? What? To people being here so angry. How is the council you, let Well, why don't you tell me why they're so angry? What do you think the reason is? Well, no, I'm asking you. You're angry, right? What's the reason? Why do you think, why do you think these people are here? You've seen the news for the last few days. Why don't you answer my question? What is your answer your own question. Your answer message? your question. No, it's I don't have a message. I come here as a messenger. Did I tell you as a messenger? It's my name, Moses. I never came here as a messenger. I'm asking you to answer your own question. We're answer just, me then. We're covering your protest. Answer, we no, want to I never asked you to cover my protest. Here. You started talking to me. I'm asking you to answer your own question. Why do you think they're here? Clearly, why do are you? Well, then why ask me a stupid question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you can see, a lot of frustration. So, uh, uh, I think Martin Luther King was talking to James Baldwin. Or James Baldwin heard from this, but basically Martin Luther King, after they had got a lot of the stuff done in the South, and were like getting, they got the boycotts and the Voting Rights Act started happening and all that jazz. He's basically like, he gets to the North, and the North isn't overt racism; it's it's insidious racism. It's like in the back of their minds. Right. So structural racism. It's structural. It's all these sentiments, and it's uh. It's basically like I don't I don't know if I'm just leading my flock into a burning house. I don't I don't know if we can win this. That is it is effectively the neuroses and nihilism of the black outlook is the fact that there's there's no boogeyman to fight. There's no giant wolf. It's just this invisible force. It's like it's like trying to fight a poison like literally it's a poisonous gas. Right. Right. You're just, there's so much to do, and you're just kind of, you're at the point where you have to navigate this entire system, literally built not for you, by people who just assume this is how the system always works for everybody. And so you get in situations right. where you're trying to explain privilege to your friend, and then like a week later, they get a story of, oh, so I got stopped by the cop. <laughs> like, you get, like, you get to the game shop, hmm. and like, Four other black people are just laughing their ass off because you had this conversation about privilege mm. last week, and the white friend has now been pulled over by the cops, and it's like, all right, like he's going through all the things, and like, do you have a gun in the car? One cop, there's just one cop, and he's like, yeah, I, I've got, yeah, right, I've got the gun right here in the uh, glove box. He's like, yeah, could you just hand that to me? And the call back up, anything like that? He's like, well, all yeah, right, of course. And then I think yeah. he, he gets to the jail cell, and they don't even lock the doors. So much so that he literally comes like sticks his head out, head out and like, hey, you guys, you guys didn't even shut this door. To which the cop goes, are you gonna run? <laughs> and two Man, weeks before yeah. that, that's like jail. That's like two weeks before that, our friend, uh, another one of our friends, literally had gotten like sent to three different jails 
over a, like in a, tra- a training stat stop. So he gets pulled over so mm. that for like by a cop because they're doing training or something like that. They run his. Oh my god! They uh-huh. run his record. Like, they run his. I've never. I've literally never heard about a single white person ever getting pulled over for a fucking training oh. stop. That's insane. But uh, so that he gets pulled over. They go through his license and he's got three warrants, three different counties because it's St. Louis and there's a billion of them. I mean, three different principalities. Uh-huh. St. Louis is a billion of them. So he has to go to county. Sure. Post, uh, he has to go to one jail, post bail, suit up, suit out. Go like they transfer him to another one, suit up. Post bail, suit out, and then he goes to a third one. <laughs> suit up, post bail, suit out. Wow, it's like fighting racism is like fighting the smoke monster and lost. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, it goes, it it's in everything. Like it can, it can transfer, it can shape shift, whatever. Well, I but think yeah, the, like, I think the overall point isn't that it's like the smoke monster. I mean, the smoke well, no, monster. At but, least you could see it like with vague definitions as a thing but this seems more like fighting racism is like fighting the the island that they were on in lost uh, it's it's not okay. the smoke monster i'm trying to think of the horror movie i'm, uh, I'm coming up with it's either going to be it follows well it wasn't the polar bear because that would be a terrible analogy <laughs> it's either it follows or i feel like maybe it is in the babadook but basically uh, it'd be like if you right. they, wait. It'd be like I can see the smoke monster. He's clearly very obvious, but the person next to me mm. sees no smoke monster. All right. Right. Yeah. No. Our our Ooh, listeners yeah. will appreciate the it follows reference because we actually had a segment about that on the last show. Right. But basically, it's yeah. uh, so it's it's like talking to people who like who are like. I know I voted for Trump, but I'm not a racist. It's like, you you kind of are. Like, he literally in a debate was like, I'm going to bring net stop and frisk nas- like nationwide. Right. The right. Uh, Proctor, of course, being a black person, is like, uh, that was ruled unconstitutional because it discriminated, discriminated against minorities heavily. And then Donald Trump just goes, well, no. And then you go, like, well, Donald Trump's kind of racist. Yeah, and I think that's a really good place to bring up, um, you know, people who want to focus on economic theory versus what's called identity politics, as if those things are Ah. different. You know, no, I know, it's a a terrible perspective. And I think that that really reads a lot on what we saw happen in London with this uh, apartment block fire. You know, that, 100%. I mean, you, you can make an anti-capitalist argument from it, but it's impossible to ignore if you have any kind of intellectual honesty at all that right. a lot of the people who are living in that apartment block were people of color. Right. At the time of this recording, it has been confirmed, I believe, 70 people have died, but there's still a lot oh of injuries. God and missing people so that number still can go up here and i wouldn't be surprised if it was not 70 by the time this actually releases but the first thing is yes everything about that i mean was like capitalistically racist in the sense that the neighboring area said oh you know this building looks kind of ugly we don't want to have to look out our windows at this building so they spend money to make this building look pretty on the outside. Mm-hmm. 
and it would cost like what five thousand more dollars. Yeah, five thousand more dollars. I think was the number to to make yeah. it look more pretty without it turning into a giant with it being fire resistant. Right. So, and and here's the other thing. I mean, just the economics of it alone, you know, is the same kind of racism people are feeling in Flint, Michigan. Uh, the same kind of racism people are feeling in cities where they were in the inner city with lead paint still like Freddie Gray in Baltimore. Sure. But, but I think what is even more stinging is the fact that it does not constitute terror, but you know, five people getting blown up at, you know, a teeny bop concert and we're ready to like, you know, go into the middle East and go insane. Right. But but when even more people die, A, well, they're just kind of the poor people, the uh, poor people of color, so that's not that big a deal. And B, it was done to them by people we like. I mean, and they were doing it to save some money. And, you know, who who doesn't like that? I mean, that's that to me almost seems, that seems like terrorism to me when you don't even have the right to live in a safe place in your own country. Because companies would rather be profitable. Well, so I and know. I mean, you know, not to not to flog a dead horse, but this is what I've been saying for I don't know ever since you guys brought me on the show. Basically, that capitalism is always going to support its own outcomes, or at least like downplay the bad outcomes, and it also needs an enemy all the time. You know, you, yeah. you expansionist like imperialism which is essentially capitalism needs mm-hmm. an enemy to to point and itself in. so you know in a uh, when it comes to some of the attacks we've seen in london that's islam never mind that right. one of the worst attacks that london has had uh was executed by a white guy who hated muslims you know um right. but when capitalism ends up causing a bigger death toll it's, uh, you know, we can blame, like, the local landlord. We can blame um, maybe the Tories for, Probably so, you know. the black guy, apparently. Yeah, blame it on the boogie, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they don't, they don't use the that sunshine, in England. They but... use uh, Gollywog. <laughs> yeah, the right. problem blame is it on the I don't live in England. There's no, like, there's no, there's no bite to it to me. So it's just adorable. Mm. So if I ever were to go to England, <laughs> I'm going to have trouble. Because I'm going to laugh. Right. That's, that's just adorable. No hit, wait, <laughs> right. I don't have the history behind it, like a English, yeah. like a British Caribbean or a like a particularly British black person would. So like I, right? Like I'm the like I hear the N word. I do look for an exit. Yeah. I hear Galawag. It's it's just right. adorable. I can't, yeah. I can't take yeah. it serious. I really do need to take it serious. It's yeah. very serious, but I can't. <laughs> right yeah when it just sounds so quaint you know um, <laughs> it, it sounds like harry potter talking it you know he can't say it in a bad way you know so well thank uh, god german still sounds awful to everyone's ears you know when they I, start busting like those it. terms out know. then we know that shit's getting serious for all our german fans and listeners out there you have a very beautiful language <laughs> i love it very much and I- uh, and German I would people, love to I'm going to be it. sorry, but uh, I'm going to link. I'm going to link the movie Schindler's List, the second saddest moment <laughs> scene in Schindler's List, to Greenfeld, 
because the second saddest like movement moment is right before the end, where Schindler is literally just he's itemizing items in lives. Mm. So in this case, mm. we're itemizing yeah. that black people's oh, wait, like people of color's lives are worth less than five thousand dollars. So for five thousand dollars, we're totally fine. Seventy lives. This. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just for aesthetic. Uh, yeah, that's it's sick. I, I don't even know what the British justice system is like, so I don't even know if anyone can be held accountable for it. You know, I'm I'm glad at the very least that Theresa May was like chased out of there earlier this week or whatever. <laughs> right. When she went to observe the damage and stuff, you know, I mean, it's gross. And <clears throat> that that type of free enterprise essentially I don't know. I can't look at it as anything other than an attack on marginalized people. Well, so. and I think that's I think that's a pretty good summation of everything that we've talked about tonight, right? That if the entire system is kind of built around this neoliberal free enterprise system and it turns out that it's profitable or at least not unprofitable to target historically disenfranchised communities then of course that's going to keep happening yeah well you know it might be a good thing to really pay attention to flint because i believe they just charged four city officials with a bunch of crimes i believe right, uh, five to and they got manslaughter, manslaughter i think yeah okay yeah so you know i mean if you look at the history of unarmed black people getting killed Everyone always says, you know, as soon as they acquit the cops, they say, well, you know, the prosecutor really didn't meet the burden of proof for their case. Like they overshot the case. So I'm I don't know. The gambler in me is saying I'm calling it out that that would be the rationale when and if these dudes get off, which I'm sure they probably will. But it is crazy that they're at least going for it. So I don't know. I don't know what's better swinging for the fence and striking out or swinging conservatively and getting, you know, a ground rule double or some, or a base hit, you know, so. But uh, it'll be interesting back to, to see how Greenfeld, it plays out. It's, it's really, it's, it's really hard to talk about because that building has been up since the 1960s. Mm -hmm. There's one exit. That's why everyone had to stay in their room and said there's only one exit to this building. Holy I think shit. it was what three white children died in like fridges, and that's why no no fridges have locks anymore. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I mean, it's interesting how people react when it looks like it could be a poster child. I don't know, you know, uh, fuck, <laughs> you know, it's uh. Well, should we uh, should we wrap up there? Yeah, you know, I think that would be a good place to wrap up. You know, this has been a pretty serious episode. I don't even know if we have a high note or anything like that, but uh, um, I might be able to find a high note. Probably that, not. Well, we have Black Panther. <laughs> that's just that oh yeah. Trailer is that's it's, all I need in life right now. As long as the world doesn't sick. end before I watch that movie, I might be able to like right. might be able to just I'll, I can get up in the morning. I can get up. 
It has two been uh, my my personal high note from the past two weeks is watching the uh, white supremacist freak out about how this like hidden uh, civilization in Africa is actually much more technologically advanced than anybody else, um, really? and they're all they're all trying to own their uh, like great 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 grandfather's accomplishments. Um, to sure. say like, no, like only white people have only have, have ever, you know, done something useful. Um, right. That's very true. <laughs> but, uh, to actually, actually add to that high note, let's go back to the fact that, all right, remember how I, said, I was talking about hoteps and that, that's an entire can of worms about uh, Eurocentricism, like when Pan-Africanism mm-hmm. was being created and the fact that the Western mm-hmm. corpus for... African history was basically just Egypt. So you miss a lot of weird yeah, things, right. like uh, where we're about to go here. Mansa Munsa, who bowled so right. hard, yeah, like the he richest person. An economy. And not just any economy, right. the Roman yep. and the Egyptian economy. <laughs> so, yes, Black Panther is totally possible. We did it already to your grandparents. The one white supremacist who's listening to me right now, <laughs> probably really stewing. Mmm. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're coming for you. <laughs> yeah, he had to buy yeah. the gold back at twice no, that the price because he literally destroyed the gold economy by just throwing gold <laughs> everywhere, making it rain all across the continent. Dude, okay, so two questions: What is the release date for Black Panther? Does anyone? I'm know? looking it up right now. That's Magic Gathering stuff. That's not that's not important right now. No, it's cool. We'll we'll edit it out. You'll you'll sound like a, an amazing internet genius. Black Magic: The Gathering. <laughs> yeah, that's the. Why hasn't anyone thought? Oh of my god! I'm, I'm working on like I I'm sure that, that deck joke's on the been back made burner. before. That's fucking fantastic. Well, uh, okay, I've got Magic hashtag Gathering. Black Girl MTG right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the follow-up question, though, to the release date is, I'm trying to figure out if we'll still have a country. February 16th, 2018. February 16th, 2018. I knew it was in February, and I knew it was in 2018. I just didn't know. So the that's date. the bet, then, uh, Liquid Flannel listeners. Whether or not we still have a cohesive country, by February 18th, 2018... Or- why don't we make it more realistic whether or not we have the same administration that we had at the recording of this episode, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to put money that, on that one, but, uh, okay. No, I, I can put money on that. Yes. Okay. Like, all right. Okay. All right I gotta go yeah, back to the high right. note. Right. I think you had a high note. That was a really low note. Yes. Hi. <laughs> Cause it was basically, is it possible that people will not actually care that much as long as, as there's a white guy in the office, yes, that is very true. It is totally well. Possible. I'll be honest. That's that's not how. That's not unlike how most of our high notes end. So we're right. <laughs> but better high note. Beyonce had a twins. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome, America. There we go. You've got two new uh, <laughs> right. either princes or the princesses. I don't like. I don't remember how the lineages work for them. Oh, <laughs> black royalty is weird. We've got a. King, the queen, right. a couple archduchesses, a couple princesses. <laughs> I think there might be another queen. Dude. And Oprah, who's the god empress. 
<laughs> and Eddie Murphy knows all about that shit because he played royalty in Coming to America. <laughs> so, anyway. Well, you know, that was great. And, you know, I think this is probably a good spot to wrap it up. But um, D Black Man, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Yeah, thanks, um, D Black. Do you got anything? Uh, yeah, that it's you, fine. It was yeah, awesome. You got anything you. <laughs> yeah, dude, definitely. We'll have to have you on again sometime. But do you have anything that you'd like to shout out or plug for the listeners here? You got a Twitter account? Mm, I, I put that disclaimer earlier about don't add in me, so no. That's All right, right cool. Matt. That's no problems. That, that was first rule of no Twitter club. But, uh... Uh, hold on. I got to remember this, like, the thing because there is a... Uh, there's a website called nomoremoneybail.org who for June for the congruence of Father's Day, Juneteenth, and Pride are basically putting together a bailout drive where they're amassing money to bail out like fathers and LGBT members and people for June just oh. to pay their bail because bail is stupid and literally it's the only mm-hmm. Hell yeah. No, that's a yeah. great thing. Yeah, that's a that's a liquid flannel um, cosine right there. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's great. Yeah, listeners, definitely go check that out. That was what no more bail uh, money. No more money bail dot org. No more money bail dot org. And while you're out there on those interwebs, you can uh, follow us at liquid underscore flannel. And you can follow us individually. You can find me at Shaggy2Trope. You can also find Brendan Williams when he's not camping at <laughs> Brendan Williams with one L. But Matt, where are you at? I'm at Matt the Great with the W. All right. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. D-Black, that was outstanding.